Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick, and I am thrilled to be here today. Hey, y'all, I'm Rob Schulte. I'm drinking one thimbleful of tea and uh, am going to be satisfied with that. <laughs> Is it mushroom tea of some yeah. sort? I don't know. I just, uh, people keep handing me a cup with an inch worth of tea in it, and yes. I drink it in one drink. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. Well, I, can I say that, like, my legs, like, hurt, like, a lot right now from, uh, Oh, uh, I bet. You know. <laughs> jumping off oh. them cliffs, man. <laughs> Jesus. There is so, so, so much that I could uh, talk about with this movie. And I really appreciate that you guys, um, not that we ever really veto things. I think if someone has a strong case for it, we're sure. not going to like fight someone. Well, you know, I was, I, was, movie. I was thinking about doing another Twilight episode, but oh, you know, <laughs> well, veto. <laughs> uh, I, I, I may veto a Twilight episode, but actually I might keep it alive just because I'm interested to see where our opinions would go following the first episode. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. true. But I think like we have this rule, like, if someone's really passionate about it, they can fight for it. But if someone doesn't, it's like, ah, I don't know if we're really feeling, are you really feeling it enough to watch this movie? Right. Then we'll discuss it. And this is one of those ones where I was uh, a little worried that you guys might come back at me being like, are we sure we want to cover Midsummer? But so I would have pushed back if so. Well, well, Rob, well, what is the movie? So the movie is, for the audience, just to let sure. the audience know, the movie <laughs> is Midsummer. Midsommar. Or Midsommar. Somar. 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 Midsommar. Midsommar. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, Ari Rob, Aster directed. Uh, when you announced this movie, uh, I, I will say that I kind of had like a, oh, this will be mm -hmm. a good episode one. Uh, because I do actually want to know what your take uh, on and, and like, what your feelings are towards the movie, because I actually don't know if it's because you actually really love it or you're like the other polarizing side of the people that actually hate this movie, because there's like I don't feel like there's an in between with this movie. Yeah, I, I am right there with you and everything I've read. It feels like people are like, oh, you think this is deep or they're like I loved it. I saw it eight times. Um, right. And. I will explain throughout this episode where I'm at, but just up at the beginning, I am not going to steal your flame, Rob, because I want to know what you have to say. But to me, yes. this is a punchable film. Well, this you know, is a monumental movie. So I uh, was thinking about this, right? Because when, when, you know, it defers to me whether it's a punch yourself in the face movie. And I was like, well, is it or isn't it? I, I kind of dabbled and I was like, you know what, man? Like, <laughs> this is the first episode where I may have to defer to someone else because I feel like I personally just, while I understand a lot of the metaphors in Midsummer, I don't think it's the movie for me. Like, I don't understand. Sure. So, sure. so I need to defer to someone who understands the movie on a different level than I do. So, Rob, I, I give this one to you, buddy. Peter, what is th is it punch? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Don't you, yeah, you should. Uh, I'm the wrong person to be asking. <laughs> okay, well then, like I said, to me, this is a very, very punchable movie because I think this film has just as much, if not more, thought than say a Back to the Future, which we 
in terms of its plot details you're saying yeah, plot details, okay. scripting, yes. thought put into it, a story that completely makes sense. Well, right. um, I, I will that, say you're right on that. But um, yeah. for me, here's the problem that I have. <laughs> hmm. Marty McFly is a very interesting person. <laughs> I don't know the names of any of these characters. Christian. I only knew Christian. And Danny. It. And Danny, I guess. Christian I, and Danny. The girl. The I, Danny. I can understand. Danny? Yeah, Danny is the main girl. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Christian, Danny, and Pele are like the three people that you do. And I will be honest with you, Peter, that like the other two people, which I'm going to look up now so that I say their names correctly. Um, there's Josh and there's Mark. Josh yeah, those is the guy from The Good Place who's like actively trying to do his thesis. And Mark oh, that, is that's what the I've fool. seen him. It's just yeah. he's wearing glasses in The Good Place. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, he reminds me of an actor that I had at, uh, in a feature that will uh, remain nameless that I directed. <laughs> but, uh, which maybe one day we should just review for the hell of it. Uh, oh, I can get that. my take on what happened with this movie out mm. to the world. Oh, anyway. that would be, That'd be awesome. Yeah. Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Kind of uh, like when we covered The Riven. Yeah. Yeah, except this is a movie that I'm totally not proud of. There's only moments yeah, that I'm that, proud of. Yeah, it's so, yeah, not like The Riven, but right, uh, right, yeah, sorry. Right, the polar opposite. <laughs> hey, but Rob, so I, I wanted to, and you mentioned a point where it's like so intricately plotted, uh, almost like Back to the Future, if not even better. Um, and I want to I wanna get your take on that for sure, because I do see that. Like I do, like like as mm-hmm. far as much, like, like I'll be honest, like I didn't love Midsummer, but- sure. but. But there are elements that I cannot deny have good filmmaking qualities to them. But I think that the intricacies of the plot and all that stuff, I have my opinions about it that I'll share later. Uh, the length as well. But I wanted sure. to take a little bit, if you could elaborate a little bit on that, but maybe right after you read Back of the Box, perhaps. Oh, yeah. We got to read the Back of the Box. And they made a special edition VHS version of this movie, I heard. so Just for me, I got it on my doorstep here in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Wrapped in intestines, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Bare intestines, or yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, but they weren't punctured. They were actually cut correctly. Oh, okay. Um, okay. The children have learned. <laughs> now the back of the box goes a little something like this: If you have been too afraid to watch this film, after a family tragedy, a young American couple joins some friends at a midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in festivities that grow increasingly unnerving and viscerally disturbing. From the visionary mind of Ari Aster comes this dread-soaked cinematic fairy tale where the world of darkness unfolds in broad daylight. Hmm. I actually really like how the back of this box was written. Yeah. It seems like someone actually took two minutes to stitch something together more than the plot of the film, you know? Yeah. There is actually levels. And I fully admit to loving this movie and finding anything that I love in yeah. any moment. Yeah. So <laughs> I well, might be doing that they too. They do mention a one key point in the back of the box that uh, you mentioned earlier, I think in the last episode, Rob, which is it's a horror movie in daylight. And uh, yeah. I actually thought that that was uh, pretty awesome because it's not just That's daylight. An interesting take. Yeah. It's 
bright ass daylight. I mean, the yeah. colors of this movie are all bright. Like everything. The time is of year where in that area of Scandinavia you get about yeah. two hours of darkness the a day. O- the only dark moment in this movie, in terms of darkness and creepiness, that feels like a traditional horror movie is the beginning when when they find yeah. the dead parents and the dead sister, which is inherently really disturbing. How they find her with that duct tape. But what was the motivation yep. for? Well, I mean, I guess that you know, it's just it's a plot device because I what would be the motivation for her to kill her parents? You know, I, well, she was. Disturbed. I think I guess so. Yeah, there was a. So what do they have to do in this movie? They have to get to the Midsummer Festival. Yeah, right. I think that there could have been a little bit more built up at that beginning, but really, you see that Danny is a character who is dealing with family issues. Mm -hmm. You've got a sister who is uh, mentally unstable. Yes. And she is like the conduit between her and the parents. You know, like at least this is the vibe we sort of get. Like she's not going to the parents to complain. She's texting and then emailing and calling Danny. And then you've got Christian. Right. Who is so removed from the relationship. Yeah, he's burned out. Like He is so burned out, about to break up with Danny, is just emotionally drained from everything that, she has to talk to like we are getting a skewed perspective on this relationship until we realize the death happens but also i think it's a plot device to me the whole thing the the whole motive of the story is danny's kind of emotional character arc and they have to put her in a situation where she loses her entire family and feels completely alone and isolated and misunderstood, I guess, because when she gets to the Almost commune- Almost in a position to find a new family. Exactly. Like when you get to the Midsommar village and the, the the commune and shit like that, like eventually, you know, we'll get to the end or whatever. But like, I think that that's where like she, like it was kind of made for her to be like snatched up by these people, I guess. Because she yeah. felt like she had nowhere else to go. If you really think about it, like no, the she only reason- have anywhere else to go. Yeah. The only reason why Nature she- Nature is healing. Is that, <laughs> like, phrase right right you know like even her boyfriend like he's just he was almost secretly hoping that she didn't want to go because she was so traumatized by the death of her parents yeah. and her sister and when she yeah. comes he's kind of like he's like bummed he's like shit man i don't want to drag this baggage yeah. <laughs> well here's the thing like we i think have all been in both danny's position maybe not as extreme but sure, like sure. that side of a relationship where you're just like, God, I am going through so much shit and this person is distanced from me. And I have a feeling in this room, the three of us have also been in a Christian situation. Where For sure. Like, I've definitely been. I'm in the, I've never been in the daddy down the moment. I hope nothing gets in the way right now. I've been in both. Um, I've been in both. Yeah. I've only just, thankfully, I've only been one side. <laughs> well. That's understandable, Peter, but I do think that like whether or not we've actually all been in those shoes, like we can understand that like even the conversation that Danny has with her friend on the phone where she's like, yes. I am bringing too much to a conversation where right. my boyfriend is out right. eating pizza. Right. You know, yeah. like, like, it, like she acknowledges that she's kind of been a burden to him lately, yeah. Yeah. which sucks, too, because like she is has things burdening her. Yes. So like, it's that double layer of like, God, I don't want to like fucking annoy someone, but I am freaking out right now. So, you know, 
I I heard way before I actually saw this movie because I so it was funny, right? Like I had people that were like, "Hey, man, you got to really watch this movie as a director because like it's so twisted and fucked up. Like you'll like it because it's it's such interesting filmmaking." And I had the other spectrum of people that are like, bro, don't fucking watch it. Like, this is a piece of shit. It's terrible. Like, don't do it. Like, don't waste two and a half hours of your time. But I heard in both spectrums that I really didn't know what it was about, right? Like, what is it about? And that's the most important thing, right? So, but like, they all were like, well, it's kind of a a fairy tale, twisted fairy tale, but it also seems like it's a metaphor for like a breakup. Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that sentiment? Yeah, I think that like, I think you can pull like the extreme metaphor for a breakup out of this and like how at the time, like you feel like this is your entire world crashing down when like a, your first love or whatever is leaving or you have to step away from that relationship. This almost manifests into an idea of like, what if like all of the crushing feelings you have are manifested into like real life things that make you feel these feelings. So I can see that, but I also like, I think it's fine to pull that sort of stuff out of the movie because I can see that metaphor. Yeah. But I think this movie does a perfect job of telling the exact story that's on screen. We are people going to visit a remote remote group that is culturally different than us and let's see what happens. Do you and, did you think it's deep? Like, do you think it's super deep, or you think it's more surface level? Because now I'm curious. What you just said made me curious. Well, I think it is deep, but I think I think it's deep on a couple of levels. I think it's deep on the level that, like you said, like you can take this as an allegory or a metaphor for uh, relationships in general, as well as like control oh yeah 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 yeah, i could see that how you control people you live with or how people might try and control you but i think as a actual surface level story sure it also works and i really like that and i think that it takes from historical accuracies of like nomadic groups and it's great okay that's that's where i'm at so but okay i gotta yeah i gotta (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know what this movie did to me you know what this movie <laughs> did to me it did to me what Jaws did to me <gasps> what did it do well what what happened when Jaws came out it well people didn't want to go into the water right now, right now you don't first want to go of all, so, no, no, first no, of all to our listeners you will hear our talk of Jaws later this year okay yes. but Peter well yeah but 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 jaws in general like we, we, uh, you know what did what did jaws do to uh, and yes our, our talk of jaws is gonna come later on everybody but with a good surprise, what did jaws yeah. <clears throat> with a nice surprise yeah but what did jaws do to everybody it didn't it made them want I want to go into the water right right sure well, well yeah. this movie made me <clears throat> I'm gonna have to be packing or something Uh-oh. whenever I go to Europe now because oh, yeah, of this movie like, yeah. because of hostile I'm like oh hell no yeah, hostile, I'm gonna bring some yeah, swords yeah. some knives I'm gonna be pack in like i'm gonna have to yeah, because it's like the plane yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like no way man uh-uh. i'm gonna be like sleeping with one eye open you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah like that's what oh, you know man. that's kind of like but that's what the movie like this does it's like okay it disturbs you yes that it way. does you know what i mean well i want to hear more about this peter so let's do it after this break how about that 
Hey, we're back. It's Match Girl at the Movies. We're watching one of my favorite movies of the last five years, possibly ever. We'll talk about this at the end of the wow. movie. Um, wow. It's midsummer. Peter, tell me more about these trips to Europe you'd like to take. I'm not going or to Europe anytime. Like to take. I'm not going to Europe anytime soon. He doesn't want to. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll stay in the good old US of A. Yeah. There we go, baby. Well, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. You seem like a red light district guy. So. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a you little bit. You know, it's funny that you guys are talking about that or red light because I was watching Pulp Fiction last night. And Ooh. I was just like, what which might have to get reviewed. It might actually be another choice uh, soon. But- uh, Chris, at this moment, please play that Revels song when they uh, bring out the gimp. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, but, but yeah, you're watching Pulp Fiction. No, no. You guys were just talking about Red Light District, and I just thought it was funny because he talks about going to Amsterdam uh, and, and how uh, the differences between America and Europe are. But uh, side note aside, um, I've also uh, – I've never seen the original. I've only seen the Nick Cage movie, but I've heard <laughs> this is kind of a retake on a traditional – Wicker Man? Are you oh, talking about Wicker Man? Man. Yes. Like it is yeah, kind it of is, a new retelling of like, the Wicker Man. It is like a total homage to Wicker Man. Right. Not the base. And- Not the base. <laughs> <laughs> he does wear a bear suit. Wait, what, what is the, what's suit. the bees scene for Midsummer? then? I would say it's got to be the Astupa – cliff scene yeah oh yeah maybe i don't know yeah. here's, here's my whole it, thing it probably like, is. were yeah. these people we probably actually, need to actually talk about that scene coming up but. Yeah. actually let's talk about that but before we do that rob i got a question yeah. for you do you are they really in danger the entire time or did they just make stupid mistakes and make people pissed off with them? i kind of feel like i have an answer for that too by the way uh i actually rob, i want to hear your thought on this too because uh that was something I have written down here that I wanted to talk to you guys about because I'm not sure. Because I the, feel the like one there was always a plan. Some things there are a plan for. From the very beginning, yeah. there was a plan for Danny from Pell or Pele. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone else, it didn't seem like they were a hundred percent on like like it was convenient that, that they, they could arrived. find a way to use them as a Right. Yeah. So one of them, I, one of them peed on the Thor, the Thor tree. Well, yeah, one of them, we'll, one of them uh, was we'll taking Polter, pictures yeah. of their of their Bibles, so they got pissed off about that. Because they, they the other, other guy, the away, yeah. And then Christian disrespected the Astupa. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then the Christian character, he was. Uh, they thought he was lying, so they were like, you know what? Let's get rid of him too. You know. Well, the Christian character was chosen by Danny. Right at the end. Yes. Yeah. Danny, because okay. Danny's da- the May Queen gets to choose the sacrifice. And yeah. stuff. But okay, so what I thought is that I, I believe that they were all of them, including Danny, in danger when they set foot on at the village. They were all in danger because I think it's mentioned at some point that like yes, the, the Midsummer the festival happens like every year, but like every ninety years or so, yes. they repeat the ritual or whatever. So it's like if you think about it, right, like. There are sacrifices. I mean, despite the elders, I'm sure those elders were being sacrificed like pretty much every year because they hit like a peak age apparently, 72. and that's yeah. What it actually to. that sort of thing, the idea of of choosing your death at a certain age, is a real thing that historically has been right. part of certain groups. Right. So that I'm sure yeah. has been going on, but I feel like because of the lure of like these people coming, it's like. Yeah, we've had this nice festival for 90 years. Now we're at a cycle where we're everybody still comes to us. It's time to sacrifice them. Because what what's the redhead's uh, name again? Uh, Maya. 
Maya, I think, was like recruited basically for procreation within the group or something like that. Like, I feel like she was groomed. Well, I have for a thought it. on that sort of thing as well. So let me ask you this, Rob. Yeah. Are you saying that? Uh, so we know that they have the every ninety years yes. major festival, which is where the, I feel they perform sacrifices from yes, outsiders, like the, the burning of the barn. Yes, yes. So I feel like yes, they lure people into be like, well, it, we don't know who it's going to be from these people, but we're yeah. de- because it, what, what was the the English couple? Because name? no matter what, their people will step up if other people don't. Correct. So I feel like, and also if you think about it in terms of just like. Fuck, man! If if you had a festival every year where people just disappeared yeah. from, like, yep. like, like yep. the cops would want to be like, "Hey, what the hell's yep. going on over here?" You know what I mean? Like, they'd Absolutely. be investigated. But if it happened like every think, ninety years, yeah, I think every ninety years is the sacrifice. But I think every year is to help procreate. Yes, I think that's because there's always a midsummer and there's always a party. Yes, but every ninety years is the huge party. I got a question. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't the families of the the Christian and the other two guys wouldn't they be interested in where their where their kids went, where their sons went? Absolutely, I'm sure. I'm Absolutely. sure they, they would. I don't know. Send a private investigator, and the private investigator gets killed. Then <laughs> those people <laughs> yeah, are in a little bit of trouble. Peter's Peter's building Midsummer too. Here. Oh yeah. Send a private investigator out there. See what happens. He doesn't come back. Then you're going to have cops crawling all over that place. Yeah. Well, SWAT I team in. <laughs> if this happens every 90 years and the people have come from like, honestly, so far out, even if all mm-hmm. of our main cast came from NYU. Yeah. And like there's the two other people that came from England, like. Even the people who go to NYU are from Kansas or from yeah yeah there's they're very rarely yeah a so, ton of people from yes the, yeah. the family are going to be I mean except for Danny's family are all going to be like where the hell are my son or whatever yeah well but then to connect all of those dots back is going to be trouble and Danny doesn't have a family though. no but uh, but <laughs> Christian has family Christian has parents right, uh, right. Uh, you have all the, you have a bunch of characters in there that are, they're, they're someone's gonna hire a private investigator oh, yeah but they, you know sure these, I just gonna don't trace think they're gonna be able to do it they're not gonna be able to do much because these people are in this middle of nowhere village and they would have buried crossing them. And, multiple me, country can, borders and on you, top you, of that I'm you, just saying like you the red tape in, of actually getting something done yeah legally yeah ain't gonna happen yeah you pay someone enough though you pay someone enough, a private investigator will be able to connect all the way, all the dots, all the way down. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. But then from there, what's going to happen? Right. Because they're I never going to find much. their bodies. Do a they whole burn do- them. documentary on, on they, they, they also look like that PI is getting killed before anything else happens. Look, their village also looks so simplistic. And, well, if he gets killed, then it's going to really raise some alarms. Then True. the parents are going to have to go, I sent a PI <laughs> to do yep. this. Right, right, right. And then we released the gorillas to get the snakes <laughs> and the ostriches <laughs> right. that we've released. Right. Jesus. <laughs> no, but my point is that, like, every, look, it's easier to hide a few fucking deaths every yep. 90 years than it would be, like, if it's happened every year. Plus, like, who's going to suspect this fucking peaceful, quote unquote, peaceful summer festival that is all about the May Queen and the beauty of nature and all that shit, you know? However long it would take for anyone to get that information back to the family, to a PI, to figure out this. Yes, they could piece all of it together, but Will it they're matter? not going to have any evidence by right. the time that happens. Right. Um, 
And these guys, I feel like they could just pick up and leave. Like the village can just like transfer somewhere else. Like, but I also I mean? feel like they don't have to. True. They've built a community that True. is so insular, insular, <clears throat> yeah, and so controlled, yeah, that it doesn't matter. They are so calculated with everything. Even though something we have not talked about yet, everything they do and everything that happens in this movie is presented as either a painting on a wall or a tapestry. Yes. So really, yes. they're leaving their own paper trail. You yes. Know? Which is funny right, that you yeah. mentioned that because the first shot of the movie was the painting. Is the, the tapestry. Yeah. But you kind of, if you really know what you're looking for, you can see kind of the plot develop through the yeah. like it's almost like he didn't or he didn't hide anything no. that he, he just was, didn't know what to look for exactly but it wasn't almost like it wasn't like oh my god this is all gonna be so unexpected like you knew this was gonna descend into some weird twisted fucked up shit like in my opinion yeah. i don't know oh yeah well especially when you see the tapestry of like the mating ritual uh squares where you see oh, like, oh there's a bear then there's a guy then there's a woman cutting her pubes yeah can we talk about the pube pie for a second (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck is that about like what is that what is that (laughs) so okay we are we are we are three very privileged individuals who (laughs) don't have to go through rituals of eating pubic hair i understand this was this Uh, your the the reason why you decided to reach out to a particular advertiser rob (laughs) (laughs) Woo! <laughs> Mr. Schulte is going to be making some pew pies, everyone. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think I've ever Jen, made Rob we laugh have this a hard contender in the podcast. for funniest podcast Lord. member. Um, <laughs> no, that's now, still you, buddy. <laughs> here's what we do. All I'm trying to say is, yes, all of that. You know what? Quite frankly, I've I tried to tie myself back, guys. I've lost my train of thought. I was laughing so hard at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the pube pie and what that's about. Yes. Okay. So the movie is foretold. You just don't know what to look for in all of the paintings. So right. it rewards a rewatch. Right. Uh, one of these things that we see painted across is a mating ritual that right. young people, young women specifically do in this tribe. I think it should be uh, pointed out that we hear briefly earlier that there are no singular parents like mother and father. When someone has a child, they're raised by the community and all of the elders are their parents. And that makes a little bit more sense when you realize, okay, well, then if everyone's a parent, then... um, how do the babies happen? Um, well, it, it and it also just seems, and I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, they, no, do, I mean, they share everything in this, but like they yes. share emotions, share everything, in this including place. emotions, exactly. which is a exactly. huge part of this too. Which is that so I would creepy. Like to talk about after this because there is a scene that coincides with the mating scene. Yes, yes. That I think shares we, that same idea, which we have to talk um, about too, man. Wait, like, wait. What scene coincides with the mating? So scene? I sent you guys that Instagram account from Florence Pugh. <laughs> where she talks about uh, the uh, time where her and all of the ladies like scream at each other in the like sleeping quarters. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's creepy. So creepy it, it very well mirrors what's going on. So there's Maya who has wanted the attention of Christian, Danny's boyfriend, the entire time and has done this group's ritual. She has 
shaved things into food that he eats. Uh, she's had her menstrual cycle into a drink that he has drank. Uh, and then so people drug Christian so that he is more susceptible to yeah. mating with Maya. Right. But everything leading up to this, we all knew that Christian was going to do this from the beginning. Danny is getting fitted for May Queen. Christian gets pulled to the side by like the elder who's like, hey, just so you know, Maya's been approved to mate with you. She saw your picture, digs you. You look like a Hollywood a actor. young lad. Um, <laughs> and he's like, I don't really want to, you, you know, you know that he's like, cool. She like kicked me and we smiled at and each other. And she's, you know, she's a pretty little. Young. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's into it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, yeah. he's also over his relationship. You know, he's exactly, trying to which find we a way out. Beginning. That's yeah. the perfect way out. Hey, I have a kid with someone else. So, well, well did you really know he was going to mate to f- no. life? Once no. that conversation happened and then once he was offered the tea and she's like, oh, it just lures your inhibitions. That's the choice. That's when he said, I am definitely going to do this because the like elder woman who's talking to him about this is like, it's your only way you're going to really know our mating rituals for your big paper college boy. And he was like, oh, couldn't I just observe from the right. sides? Right. But did did he know what I'm saying is, did he know he was supposed to make a kid with this chick? No, I don't think he did. I did don't you, think so. Peter? Yeah, I thought, I thought that was implied. Yeah. I thought it was well, implied like, from the community when they standard. Say mate. Right, right. But like mate also means the act of doing it, I guess. Right. Like, And I think as an American being brought over here and as an ignorant college student. Right. He's right. probably like, oh, is this a language breakdown? When they say mate, do they mean fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like um, that's still. But the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I under, I understood right away when she was talking, when he was talking to the uh, to one of the, the the town elder who was telling, oh yeah, mm-hmm. she wants to mate with you. I understood right away. Oh, she wa- they they want him to uh, procreate. With yeah, him. but did and he know I, that? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think he. I, don't know, I knew that, so maybe he. Whether known or not, that. He, yeah, that's true. Here's the thing, Peter. If we all knew it, he probably knew it. Yeah, and that's I a think good point. this is the big thing about that character is that he doesn't want to admit what he knows. Yeah, exactly. He knows that he doesn't want to be with Danny, but he doesn't want to admit it. He wants to create situations for Danny to then break up with him. Right. He wants to try to get him out. Yeah. 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 He's looking for an out. He does not have uh, the cojones, to quote you, Peter, to uh, actually get out of a relationship he doesn't want to be in. But also, you know, he's talking about it before we discover the main suicide and double homicide. You know, like... He's talking about it True. with his friends. And True. then all of a sudden he gets this call. Like, I mean, it, I, like, I put myself in that position. God forbid. You know what I mean? That was something like horrible like that would ever yeah. happen to my girlfriend. But like, you know, could you break up with someone after they just found out they lost all their family? I mean, like, Absolutely you not. would be Absolutely in not. such a guilt. Like, I mean, yeah. there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that. You take it as a human being to yes. help another human being yes. and then talk it through. But Jesus Christ, yeah, it's hard. It's it, hard. Yeah. And that's what Ari Aster does in this is at least make you understand where the people are making their decisions. Yeah. You know? 
So I guess um, here's the part that I don't understand, Rob, because we talked about like, you know, I just this film. Yeah, I get the story. Hey. Like, I get it. I, I understand the story. I see the metaphors. I mean, it's a really long film, though. I what see, does he think it is? Lord of the Rings? Exactly. Well, like, when I watched the director's cut for this. So it's like episode. three hours. Then, <laughs> right. And then didn't he add like a half hour to that one? Just about. Yeah. So. Personally, I'm with you, Peter. I would have cut an hour out of this movie. I like, mean, like I was when I was watching this, it's literally like, uh, does he really think that these people are that interesting that we want to watch them? For that, three hours? Well, that's what I'm getting at, right? So my my thing, my point for me, though, right, Robin, is is just like I get all the stories. I think there's some magnificent sequences in there and some there shots. Are. There are, but I'm like, okay, well, my I kept asking this, but. Why? Like, I, I, that, that was my question throughout the whole. It was like, what what am I taking away from this movie? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Because te- I feel like you're trying to tell me something. Is it that, fuck, well, man, told life is horrific? Or like. He told me something. Yeah. Oh, like, he I, told I, me something I, big time with this movie. I don't know what to take away from this movie other than I'm like, I'm like, this is like, I just felt like I needed to watch a comedy after this. I was so <laughs> disturbed and depressed after this movie, you know? So. Well, I think. I I don't have all of the answers. I can only speak sure. to why it worked for me. That's what I want to know, yes. And honestly, guys, I think our takeaways are going to take a little bit more time, so maybe we should go to a break and then just come back with why this worked or didn't work with e- any of us. How about that? Uh, Sounds yeah. good. All right, we're back. It's magical at the movies. We're talking about Midsummer, Midsummer at the movies uh, in spring. Now, we're talking about big takeaways, and this was my choice. And I guess, Rob, would you prompt me once more with what you would like me to say? Well, <laughs> I, 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 I want to get your take on. You know, like I said, I understood the intricacies of the plot to a degree. Maybe I didn't get them all, but I understood where this film, you know, what the what the film story was going. I understood that. Uh-huh. I understood some of the metaphors and stuff, but like I kept finding myself asking the question, but why? Like, but why are we doing this? Like, why is like, what is the filmmaker trying to say to me? Because inherently every filmmaker has got to try to say something with his movie. And yeah. I just didn't get it man i was just like this is just i feel like for me was designed to be like here's a dose of fucked up life for you buddy enjoy well, i think that's life fair sucks I, you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah I, I do think that's fair and i i, I just want to like come back with like um i think everything you guys have said in this movie are completely valid feelings after watching this film um and i think that's a good thing like sometimes you walk out yes. of a movie like feeling weird or not liking it or something because it's just legitimately not a good movie. Sure. But you can not like a movie that is actually done well too. And you say the uh the like cuz why. Right. right? Like, but why? Yeah. Or but why. And I think the hard part is the but why for anyone's like close to favorite movie yes doesn't matter to the person who thinks it's favorite you know or who likes I know it what you a mean. lot i know what you mean and, and 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 the but why for me though is like 
this is a big multi-tiered cake of how we interact with other people to get what we want or what we need. And if it's a what we want, it's a calculated effort that whether we admit it to ourselves or not, we are trying to get to end point whatever. When it's what we need for ourselves, um, those things crop up when you don't expect it. Um, at least that's a feeling I got from this film. I think that regardless of the interpersonal relationships, so much was done accurately to this about fringe groups in that area of the world, research. You could really believe that a place like this exists. And it's not like we're poking fun at a group of people living deep in the jungle. You know, they've never seen a Disney movie. You know, it's not that. Yeah. This is a group that is selectively chosen to send people out into the real world, but live in their own community. They might have ulterior motives that we've discussed, but I think that aspect of it, a world was made that I loved living in. Yeah. I loved seeing that everything worked in a realistic way. Now, you add on top of that grief, self-doubt, a personal adventure of finding happiness, and that is specifically Danny. I really, really felt that, and mm. I really, really enjoyed that this movie made you feel uncomfortable in the shoes of Danny finding joy or comfort in something that was tragic for us as an audience to watch. Yes, it sucks. I am not for all of these people in the Hargan community killing other people. I am not for the belief systems of torturing or anything like that. But at the end of this movie... Danny's character finds a family and you see that smile creep up as the fire's burning after she has felt the horror and everything. And this is something I just am going to uh, mention briefly because we talked about it a little bit. But the way that the group understands that like we feel what every individual feels right. is what Danny needed because no one was there except for Pele comforting her when things actually were terrible for her. Right. Even her own family. <clears throat> so when her sister is going crazy, yeah. or, or not going crazy, when her sister is causing her the most burden, right. her parents aren't texting her either. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And to me, all of that, the historical accuracy, the beauty of the film, the stories that layer on top of each other are why I really, really liked this film. So I, I you mentioned the ending, right? I think we should talk about yeah. the ending because the ending is important in this movie. Sure. You know, Danny decides to burn her paralyzed uh, boyfriend uh, to this, you know, in a bear suit uh, yeah. to finalize. She specifically chooses him. Right. She specifically chooses him and stuff. And at first you see her very distraught about the decision. And yeah. then the smile creeps in and boom, we get this creepy smile at the end and it's the end of the movie. Now, is it that she's fucking 
happy about revenge? Is it because, oh my God, I found a family? Or is, is it just to the point like she has just snapped? Like this is it. Like she has gone absolute batshit crazy. And it's just like, all I'm accepting it. All of the above? I mean, you could use all of the above. Why not? <laughs> I think that the, Peter has a good point. I don't know if it's as extreme as snapped as much as like, I have zero connections back to anyone. We talked about how, you know, Christian and other people have families and stuff. She has zero connections. She's like, finally, the burden of everything I've had to deal with my entire life with my sister who has caused grief and my family. You just like kind of domino effect. Like if this is what happened at the beginning of this movie, what was everything leading up to that? And then to see her like actually smile for the first time in the entire movie was just kind of like, oh well, at least she's found home. Yeah, and but I mean, like, thought, and that's thought, and that, my thought. Yeah, yeah, no, and I agree. And but those are the moments that I'm like at the end of this movie. I was like, but like, why? I mean, like, I was like, like she has gone. What was through, the ultimate point of this movie? Exactly. Like she went through all this fucking trauma. She found a community that is like. Also inflicting horrific trauma, and yet she finds peace in this? Like, I was like, yeah, I don't get it. I think that's the point that you can find peace in the weirdest places, but that doesn't have to be a point that is comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I see where you're going. That's where I'm at with it. That, but that, that's me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said, Rob. Is like, what is the point? Because anybody can say, oh, what's the point of like, you know, Superman 2. What is the point of that? <laughs> like, what's the point? Uh, I mean, you know, but for but, Zod to take over Planet Houston. We yeah, know exactly. Planet so Houston. with this movie, I understand that, you know, anybody can say like, well, what's the point of any movie? And I always bring up Superman 2 because it's kind of a thing in this, <laughs> in, in this podcast. But and, and my, po- my point, my answer to that is, well, there is no real point. But if you're going to make something, if you're going to make a, a, a movie, yeah. That you're trying to deliver some kind of message. Okay, what is the message? You know, for me, it's yeah. like it, it did, of course, uh, like I was saying earlier, it did have the Jaws effect on me. You know what I mean? It's, sure, sure. It's the exact same thing as hostile. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. do I really want to go over there? Probably not. Yeah. But um, to me, this movie is the Star Wars prequels. How so? Wow. That's an interesting okay. so the yeah. best Star Wars so movies? Star Wars, so the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so the Star Wars prequels. George Lucas sacrificed story to show off graphics, computer graphics, what his company can do. So I'm going to make a whole movie. I'm going to say, it doesn't matter about the story. People are going to come and see it, but I'm going to show off computer graphics. Well, this movie, in my opinion, I mean, it it had, of course, a little bit of a story there, but I didn't really, I wasn't interested. I mean, I was watching most of the movie without the sound on because I found their their characters just so annoying Mm -hmm. that I just found beauty in just the cinematography. And that's my point of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I muted the whole movie and I was like, oh, this movie is actually enjoyable now (laughs) because that was what he did. He made, he didn't, it wasn't so much about the story. He just wanted to show off the cinematography and what he could do with a camera and yeah. the and the color palette and everything, which was gorgeous. Yes. Was. That's what I took away from this movie. Like when you have a film. That, that is scene like, when the elders rub their palms on that stone. Yeah. The yeah. Blood as creepy that, as yeah. it is, is beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's, but it's, it's I didn't watch it with the, sure. like, like that scene I watched with sound because, yeah. you know, but it was like sure, a very, sure. very intense well, scene. Well, you do watch the movie with yeah. sound and then but, you turn it off. 
yeah. So, but I was like watching it without, with the mute, with the sound off. And I was like, wow, this movie's amazing. Like this movie's beautiful to look at. Yeah. And that's what yeah. this movie was to me. It was the Star Wars prequels all over again, because <laughs> he was just showing off what he could do with a camera and how gorgeous the movie was. I, you know, cause I, there were, I didn't find that. anything in the story. I was like, oh, okay. Some, some, uh, you know, this girl, she's, uh, she's angry with her life, rightfully so, you know, cause it's gone. Yeah. But, you know, instead of like standing up and doing something for herself, she just kind of like falls in with the cult. Okay, cool. Awesome. But I think, well, here's the thing, Peter. I'm not here to take away your experience of the movie. Yeah. But I think there's an argument to be made that she does stand up and do something for herself when she sends Christian into the barn, even though yeah. that is manipulated, you know, 10 times back, you know, 10 dominoes sure. back. Sure. I mean, she she was there being influenced by the cult, so it wasn't yeah. really yeah. her decision. Well, but I'm she, just saying, like, she was drugged, so it's not really her decision. Did she become she, part of the organism? Is yeah, my question. Exactly. Yeah, sense, but, but also, it's what she wanted. You sure. know what I mean? Like yeah. ultimately, that's yeah, that is what she wanted. Now, uh, I could interrupt all of you, and I don't want to do that. So, no, 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 that's that's what we do, know, guys. But I'm obviously um, passionate about this. This is no. No, uh, it's great. This is no coherence. The <laughs> movie was not beautiful. It did not like you can't. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. no, it's so, totally different. Here's the but thing. rewards a second watch, which I'm starting to realize yes. is kind of my thing. Right, you know? right. Well, I, I do feel. I mean, if I ever had the time again, I'd probably give Midsummer a, a second watch. I don't know if I would. Watching twenty minute chunks. Watch I, it I twenty minutes without chunks. the sound on. I will. And by the way, that you said that, I was thinking about bringing an episode where we watch a movie with the sound off. That was an exercise we used to do in film school mm. for the cinematography purposes to see how it ref- because you do get a different experience yes, watching you a do. movie with the sound off. Uh, Can I say this? Yeah, we should watch. A movie with the sound off on a live Twitch stream yes. so that we can Ooh. watch it with the sound off yes. as a group. <clears throat> yes. And then and we comment. do another episode where we watched it with the sound off. Yes. Superman 2. <clears throat> I love it. Yes. All right. I'm into it. So for me, right, uh, there, there's a couple of things, right? So <laughs> this is a side note that has something to tie in with the whole movie. So recently, right, like I watched, uh, like I did the domino effect of watching all of the weekend's music videos. Uh, oh hell yeah! Starting with Heartless and like deal and w- going all the way up to Blinding In Your Lights. Eyes, or, the Super Bowl, uh, Blinding Lights, or no, 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 Blinding Lights is past that. So like it starts with Heartless, then it goes into Blinding Lights, then it goes into I forget what. But there's a there's a story that's being unfolded through the character that the weekend's inhabiting, and his latest one, which is In Your Eyes or not In Your Eyes. Uh, fuck, what's the last? One? Well, whatever. The last song is he he's wearing this synthetic prosthetic makeup that makes him look like he's gotten like uh plastic surgery mm. but it's like really creepy and the video is super creepy but there's one video where like save they, your tears uh save your tears that's the one save your tears is the last one so the video that led into that or two videos that led into that like at one point in your eyes he gets decapitated right uh-huh. by by a woman and then in the next video he these two girls that have undergone extensive plastic surgery and are all bandaged find his head in the middle of the road. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe it's the weekend. They order a prostitute stripper guy to come to their house. They slice his throat, kill him, take his head off, stitch the weekend's head back onto this dude and proceed to have sex with the body and blood and shit. Right? And the question that I was asking myself when I was watching this video again was, but why? Like you, you got to you got to fill me in. 
I brought in my girlfriend who's a music producer and she watched this movie and she, uh, sorry, the music videos. And she's like, at some point in this fucking ordeal, like the weekend's got to reveal what the hell he's trying to say with all this. Right. And, and, and I get that. Music videos are so fucking weird. They're weird, but I kind of, the reason I tell that story is because the, the way that I saw Midsummer was yes. Look, the cinematography, gorgeous. The sequences of like when there's creepy moments, they are disturbing to all hell. It's creepy. Like I was disturbed by this movie. But at the end, I'm going like, and I get it, the whole allegory for the fairy tale and all this. But at the end, I'm just like, all right. Was the point just to make a very disturbing movie? Like to see how I can make a disturbing movie during the daylight or what? You know what I mean? Like I needed to understand. I guess the filmmaker side of me wanted to be like, I need to know why you just dropped this bomb on me as an audience member. Because I am disturbed. I feel terrible. Was that the point or was it to take something else away? I don't know. So that's well, why I it didn't. I couldn't understand it to that degree. That's my final thing away, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's totally fair. I think that it's widely known that Ari Aster wrote this movie after going through a breakup or oh, I didn't know while that. he was going through a breakup. Interesting. And I think that uh, emotional levels that we go through affect the art we create. Yes. We all know this. Yeah. So um, he wanted to do this to his girlfriend, X? He wanted I to burn think, her at the stake, yeah. Oh my I think God. want and inspiration are different things. Um, well, inspiration, I mean, like, the, he, if he's going through the... <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily uh, as cut and dry from point A to point B. I but, think we just got uh, a vision into Ari Aster's mind. He's a disturbing Well, next week person. on Magical the Movies, we'll yeah. be watching Hereditary, uh, <laughs> Ari Aster's first film. Hey, just question, kidding. guys, though. Would you classify this film as a horror film? Hmm. Yes. Rob says yes. I well, would. Here's my question. Rob, do you classify- I think it fits in multiple areas, but- yeah. But that's classify, why I asked that question. Do you classify you a movie like head. Scream or Sleepy Hollow as horror films? Not Sleepy Hollow, yes, Scream. Yes, yeah, Scream is a horror slasher film. Sleepy Hollow What's is a- Sleepy Hollow? Ah, Sleepy Hollow is like, I wouldn't say, it's a, it's a, I guess it's like a gothic, It feels like a genre piece, like genre a fictional piece. genre piece. Because there's a, it's not as horror driven. Because I don't think Scream's a horror film. I fall, I call it a thriller. Really? Because see, I think of like Single White Female as a thriller. Yes, yes. And Scream is a horror Basic Instinct is a thriller. Basic, okay, yeah, Basic is Instinct is a thriller. I wouldn't necessarily classify Midsummer as a thriller because of the pacing, because it's a little too slow for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I wouldn't quite, like as thrillers have like a rhythm and a pace to them that kind of, you know, and uh, yes, yeah, sometimes they and move slower, but. On that point though, too, I think that like, this is this is something we should start developing as we talk about these movies, like the idea of pacing in the sense of like the type of movie it is. Correct. Like Midsummer is slow, but there's no denying that Midsummer wasn't made well. We've all yeah. discussed that. Oh, I just yeah, so it's a, a beautiful film. So yeah. a slow paced movie doesn't necessarily. This is me just like exploring the space myself, but yes. Like, a slow-paced movie isn't exactly bad, but no. most of the times it's hard for us to watch a slower-paced movie. I, I I will say there are slower-paced movies. Like, look, is Pulp Fiction a slow-paced movie? Yes. It, it is and it isn't, right? It goes through tempo changes. Depends throughout. on which storyline, Exactly. Right? But, but 
the thing is, like, it's a dialogue-driven movie. It's not really an action. You wouldn't call Pulp Fiction an action movie. You know what I mean, like, it's 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 true. It's, true. It's, it's, a, it's a genre piece. So, I, with with this movie, yeah, like, look, would I, as a filmmaker, I would have been like, yeah, dude, cut an hour out of this movie. We still get the slow pacing you want, and you still deliver the goods. Yeah, that's my opinion. But some people like to bask into the visceral environment and be immersed in that, which I get. It's just maybe not for me. But again, to quote Tarantino, he says, look, man, you go to a Tarantino movie and there's violence or whatever. It's a Tarantino movie. You don't go to a Metallica yeah. concert and ask those motherfuckers to turn the music down. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm not maybe I don't connect with Ari, Ari Aster in that sense because I'm like, all right, well, I get you're a great filmmaker in that sense. But like, it's maybe this movie doesn't isn't my thing. You know what I mean? So that's it. Very, that's, yeah, that makes sense. And I really, really appreciate that. Because I am so much happier when people can say, like, I see this movie not for me. Rather than what you were talking about earlier, Rob, where you're like, I feel like so many people were either like, don't waste your time, this sucks, or it's the best thing that's ever made. Right. It's polarizing. There's like no, I have not seen people that are like, oh, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked it and, you know, I didn't like this. Like, it's like, no, man, I fucking loved it or I fucking hated it. You know what I mean? Which is true, well, guys. I guess. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Um, well, I would like to say that I really appreciate you guys discussing this with me. I was a little bit scared that it was going to be a coherence thing, like I mentioned. But uh, <laughs> no, you once again, an amazing discussion about a movie that we all have different thoughts about, quite frankly. I mean, no. with everything, with everything, in my opinion, unless it's like, you know, Superman 2, mm. you can pull something <laughs> that you like out of it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Superman 2 is just everything. I guess know? the difference between this and coherence, though, is that, like, I feel the level of filmmaking in this movie as opposed to coherence where I'm like, you, you kind of... You, you could have faked it with coherence, but you had to actually do it with this movie. Yes, you know yes. Mean? Yeah. Here's one thing that Coherence brought back to me. We talked cinema verte and Coherence a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. There might have been more like single cam shots in this movie that I didn't notice at first. Yeah. But the one that really jumped out to me was that scene we were talking about earlier. And I'd love to just hear you guys' final thoughts on this. Um, After Danny sees Christian mating with Maya. Yeah, the keyhole. Yeah. And then she like, runs back into the room where they do the group grieving session where they all scream with Danny, yep. all of the ladies. Chase her out. That screaming. is Handicam, right? That's, That's Steadicam, yeah. That's Steadicam. Steadicam, right? I believe so, like, yeah. Where they are actually bringing it in and zooming in with people yes. rather than like doing pan shots around or whatever. Yes. And that really made me feel like one of the people screaming with Danny. And I feel like uh, that was intentional. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, like, so that's, that's where that's, it works, but yeah. it doesn't work when you're just zooming in on olive oil. Well, no, and also <laughs> there's a difference. Like you have a lot of characters in Midsummer, but you also have too many characters in Coherence where like it's just an incessant amount of babble. And because it's because they improvised the dialogue. They didn't really write yeah, the script. Yeah. No, they didn't. And when they do that, like tell. I, there's nothing. Look, guys, I keep referring back to Pulp Fiction. We're going to have to review it at some point, I guess. But Tarantino's movies are heavy in dialogue, but it's interesting dialogue because it has rhythm and it leads somewhere. Coherence didn't have that aspect of it. Yeah. I think Midsommar's pacing is slow, but 
it takes you somewhere. Like it keeps you engaged. You know what I mean? Like I was not really engaged in coherence. I just felt like it was like a bunch of chaos just going on. And it's like, I'm sure. trying to have a hard time following where this is going. Yeah. yeah. See, like uh, piggybacking off of that, yeah. uh, piggybacking off of that. Um, I knew where this movie was going coherence. I was just like confused the entire time. Right. And then it ends, you know, right. yeah. this one, I knew where it was going, you know, it's just a disturbing Fair. film, but it's beautiful to look at. I mean, the cinematography it, it like a was, painting. yeah, it was on point. It was yes. like, yeah. The compositional aspect of every shot in this movie was like, I'm like, Holy shit, man. Like they did their homework like that. Yep. I got to yep. give it to them. Mm-hmm. Next time you guys go on a jog, put on the Midsummer soundtrack. No, it thank is. you. <laughs> Gonna get you going. Oh. Uh, I, I listen to Rudy. You know that's what. That's what hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I think it's been another fantastic episode, guys. Yeah, um, we had a lot to talk about. Yeah, we Long had film. our last wild card right before this. So kind of mirrored the episodes. film in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Useless dribble over here, guy. I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a couple more episodes until our next wild card mm. i believe next choice is peter is it me and then you rob yeah I yeah okay yeah. well um now peter if you don't have a choice you don't have to reveal it i right i now, do have a choice do? i do have Ooh. a choice right now yeah because uh, oh. i was like mulling over this because i you know there's a lot of films that i you know i kind of want to do but I was thinking we compare Judge Dredd to Dredd. Oh, I love my it. God. So, in fact, you know, maybe I should. This I'm is its ask, own kind of wild card episode. Yeah, right? I mean, like we're going to watch both. Yeah, we can cut this out or not, but I might. Yeah, we're probably going to have to watch both. And maybe I can uh, get uh, Armand, Armand Asante to uh, join us. That would be amazing. Armand Asante. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Either we compare contrast, or if I'm able to get Armando Sante, we do the original sliced sure. alone. Sure. Yeah, know? let which, us know. Which, I'll make sure to watch both, and we'll plan on a time once we hear from you, Peter, on yes. if we're going to get Armando or not. Awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put this out there right now. I like actually both movies, but I won't reveal. Hell which yeah, more. So. I, love both, I love oh, wait, both. I love both movies. Um, uh, cool. So, Rob, man, take it away, baby. You're taking us home. Well, for Peter Madrigal and Rob Federick, I've been Rob Schulte uh, celebrating all of Mother Earth today on Madrigal at the Movies. Thank you, everyone. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep it going. See you later. Bye. Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Shine.